0: Alright, here it is. Uh, sit tight. I have some work to wrap up, but feel free to poke around the library in the meantime.
1: Okay. I'm really glad that you invited me to your fall vacation cabin. In the middle of the woods.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great to get away. Where did I leave off here? Oh, of course. And in this way, the Sumerian funerary practices greatly resemble those of the- Huh. It's a convenient plot device. And it was believed that the dead were confined to the monstrous world of Irescu. Hey, can I
1: borrow this book?
0: Uh oh yeah, yeah, sure. Hmm. Oh, and what else?
1: Necronamakon oh, right. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. Bound I in human flesh? Hmm. I'm thinking. It's got a little
1: you. face on it. I'm thinking. It summons book. It summons demons. You okay, bud? Uh yeah. I'm good. Just pooping. Maybe this is how we'll get our sponsors. Tantra amistrobin Bin Hazadah. Tantir okay,
0: you're pretty good at that, but let's
1: put it away. Okay, Nick, let's put that down in
0: My Kandah! Why would you open the skin book? Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween. Welcome to the third episode of the new and improved podcast from the Black Lagoon.
1: Where we metaphorically slice and dice our way through horror films of old and new. I'm Brian. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts. And today's episode, we are covering the titular 1981 B-movie, The Evil Dead where Bruce Campbell, a.k.a. Ash Williams, goes on a trip with his friends to a cabin in the woods. They uncover a convenient plot device which unleashes a demon (laughs) that fills his friends up with Satan's titty milk.
0: Okay. That was surprisingly accurate for the most part, and then the end came. Okay, good. I think this is a good one. No,
1: the end is... The, the the end is pretty accurate too cuz
0: i know you to you it's accurate but normally you're a they, little they bit spew... farther from reality this one felt like it was a good synopsis of the film just with a little pun at the end but
1: no because they spew they spew muke i know uh, muke i know they what spew, they... they spew they <laughs> spew muke what what the fuck is muke <laughs> it's milk they spewed muke M- milk M- i can't talk
0: <laughs> Damn okay, it. this no. has been your undoing. I know you love this. I know you want to dwell here, but I need to push you out of this segment. Otherwise, our whole episode will just be this. So let's just jump right on into the guts of the film. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. <laughs> We're talking about the evil dead, right? What is this, 1981? I'm pretty sure it's the date on this one. I, I absolutely yes. forgot how much I cared about this movie. Like, kind of watching through the beginning of it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's an older horror film. You, you can see it. Some of the editing is weird at the beginning. And then... Within 15 minutes, the entire movie began. Normally, it takes a bit longer for older horror films to do this, but we're in the cabin. We get some foreshadowing of the first possession. The hatch starts moving. They get the recorder. They get all of the nice video game plot devices you that, were, you were mentioning. And it's just convenient like... Convenient plot device. We're in. It just starts. And when the movie starts, it's like, oh, we, this is a classic. I, I entirely forgot how much... Uh, It it almost feels like, Nick, you and I were talking about music before this. This movie feels like the DIY punk scene of just pure billowing creativity of people who somehow got the ability to get some records pressed and all they had was their own creativity. And you just get this gritty, creative freedom. And it feels like that because when the movie picks up, and I do think it takes some time before it really starts becoming like, oh, yeah, this is a classic. When it gets there... It's like, it's just great. It's fun. It's prodigious in some cases where some of the practical effects are like blowing my mind. And it just keeps right. amping so, up until the end.
1: Do Do you know how much went into making this film? It was
0: something like not even half a million dollars. Wasn't it like $300,000 or something?
1: Ooh, you were so close. Oh, yeah. It's $350,000. Ah,
0: okay that's crazy that's insane thousand
1: dollars which is not a lot of money when you think about it right and uh i think the 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 sequel if we are even going to call it a sequel even though they call it evil dead 2 was like 11 million dollars yeah (laughs) so that exponential growth right just goes to show you how well this movie actually did back in the day and then they were like we're gonna redo it yeah uh but we'll cover that foreshadowing um <laughs> later in another episode and so right now we're going to be talking about obviously the evil dead and how much i hate this film i'm kidding i love this i love this film so much it's so good it's uh it is b it is a b-tier movie and a lot of people roll their eyes when they hear b-movie Ugh, it's probably horrible and you know what i say to those people don't knock it till you try it because there are some amazing b-tier movies out there evil dead being one of them I love how much passion and work went into this film and it really shows yeah. this passion project really fucking shows how like how much they wanted to make a horror movie and for um, just me personally watching this film it's always made me feel the need to go out and actually make a horror movie one day one yeah. day I'd love to do that even though I have no skills <laughs> whatsoever in in directing or special effects or anything like that but I would love to do a DIY horror film. Yeah. Uh whatever it may be, it could be low budget, uh set in one area and just go ham. Go ham at it. And that's what they did with this film. Yeah. And I love it nonetheless.
0: Uh, there were all these like tiny moments throughout the film where it, it did, it was like, oh yeah, all right, I'm watching a B-horror movie, but then it became clear that there's something a bit transcendent about it. Like there's just a tiny bit of like film virtuosity that you'll see. Like it'll go from like kind of very B-movie dialogue and B-movie plot devices and then flip to this really brilliant camera work of like the silent sequences of the camera stalking everybody from outside the house, wandering around these weird first person points of view from like the demons, the demon underneath the hatch. And it just felt like a refreshing thing to watch. Even now, it felt like a very unique way to film something. And I'm thinking back to some of the other movies that we've watched around the eighties and seventies. And there's a kind of like a, there are some distinct moments in this film that feel like smart and really well helmed and just good. So like, it's almost like it feels like it's, like the definitive B movie, where it, it it is has its cheesy moments and it uses them mm-hmm. very self-consciously, and still manages to be gross and horrifying and great. I love that. I
1: I, mean. I love it too. I really do. Uh, I can't I can't stop repeating myself <laughs> when I say I love this movie, and you'll you'll hear me uh, throughout many uh, episodes where we talk about films that we love. Um, and I'll say I love it but um, there's some noticeable special effects (laughs) going on in this film Uh, especially when Ash shoots his sister in the face Mm -hmm. um, and you see the tubage in her face squirting out the blood it's a nice little detail Uh, as in it's so bad but it's it's nice. Yeah. It's nice to it's kind of catch an, it has charm. Things like that. Yeah. It's a small scale project. I think it's kind of crazy. Like, how, how much, like, we go from blood, like red blood to green blood mm-hmm. to milk. And, um, like, I can't remember what the blood was, u- uh, what kind of mixture was used in the blood. Like, creamer was one of the ingredients. Um, corn syrup i guess Mm. Uh, well well well, whatever it is uh sticky as fuck Uh, um but they they tried to do like different blood effects different colors and stuff to try and maintain a r rating which they ended oh wow ended up never getting they didn't get it uh they they got an NC nc 17 rating which is which is bad in hollywood standards but um nevertheless this movie is amazing uh if you have never seen this movie um and you want something that gets straight to the point you you want you want cheesy acting you want a magnificent jawline on your tv screen (laughs) it's all there wrapped in a nice fleshy package uh because goddamn, Bruce Campbell's jawline is just
0: <laughs> what a magnificent I, man
1: you know what I need to do I need to get a picture of just his jawline and frame it okay and just have it at my workstation that's mm. that's you know that's what I want that's what I want for Christmas you know I, what I, want I was Bruce gonna Campbell's say Christmas jawline. is
0: coming up endear that gift to me I will I'll make it happen
1: please do because that <laughs> That would be the best <laughs> gift ever. I, like, I'll like. warn you, I might get it. you
0: a gigantic version of what you want. Are you good with, like, full wall-framed image of, of Bruce Campbell's jawline hanging behind you I in all of care. your recordings? <laughs> you I don't care. stream and you can make out every bit of stubble on his magnificent chin.
1: Mm, it's so beautiful. Uh, speaking of which, uh... <laughs> his unibrow is so <laughs> defined yeah. in the first film. I, like I I don't ever remember him having a unibrow, but now going back to this film, dear god. I was it, picking it, up on it, that. It's like yeah. it's about to take a life of its own, grow wings and fly away. <laughs> you do you remember the, the, the beginning of the beginning of the movie where they're driving and and Ash has this look, like he's smiling, but it's creepy in a way. It's it's that weird. Was so
0: yeah, they just cut to him really quick and he was almost looking like at the camera. It was a bizarre. I don't moment. know
1: I don't know why, but it gives me sort of a Max Payne um, <laughs> character uh, model look. Um uh, huh. when, when when Max is like staring at the screen. He's got that JPEG smile <laughs> smirk. Yeah. It's so it's so horrible. It's so bad.
0: Um <laughs> We had another yeah. there there is a moment where um later on in the film when they're I, I forget which one they're killing, but they uh Linda. It maybe maybe it was her. The one of the both of the guys are there staring at her. And she's like standing up yelling at them and then they're staring at her and then she moves toward them and then they're just staring at her and then eventually one of them stabs her in the back and she's bleeding everywhere and blood is flying everywhere, and she's, and they're just staring at her and like minutes pass where both these guys are just looking at her and it's so funny because near the end they look like they're not really having an emotional reaction anymore <laughs> they're just kind of looking at like, like I almost feel like they're just like ordering food and then it just keeps going on, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, old movies really used to have those moments where, um, we even talked about this in the Descent movie, where there's always a monster looks menacingly at the camera moment, where in real life, a creature comes at you, you run. But in movie world, you stare for about 30 seconds as it shrieks and then stands up and shrieks and then begins menacingly walking toward you. And then you move. I can't. <laughs>
1: It, it's so cheesy yeah. but it's so good when when they stab her with the kandarian dagger mm. i can't <laughs> i can't tell you how funny it is just to sit there for a good 2 minutes yeah. and just hear her screaming yep. for a good solid 2 minutes just ah! and, and i'm like um any time now yeah. would be <laughs> lovely for you to stop and just just die i love like they cut her hand
0: and then she just decides to bite it off like okay (laughs) i guess we're doing that and then they stare at her and you're right she just screams like crazy and it's such a brutal death scene and then she's like still alive until they chop her into all of these pieces then she's just flapping around every limb like fish Mm -hmm. on the on the in the cabin floor man like someone I, I just there's that all that creativity just billowing out of these people it's pretty cool like the practical effects I, were so fun there's so much going on
1: yeah i'm sure i'm sure the uh the teenagers of that generation would have never saw uh n- would never have thought to see a sequel like multiple sequels a tv show two video games actually three video games uh action figures all that spawned from this b movie yeah just it's i great. remember i used to have an army of darkness ash williams like action figure that was pretty big uh and you press a button on his back and he would say lines from the movie and it was just so i i missed that he didn't have the chainsaw hand that was the only thing that was missing and we got him at a uh, garage sale and uh it was just a really nice find um but yeah i i don't know what happened to it i guess i got rid of it stupid (laughs) me um
0: but later in our episode we'll um i'll I'll briefly cover how a very well-known figure in the horror world Kind of made this movie happen, without his his crucial review. Uh, it, it's thought I don't know if this is kind of like sensationalized storytelling. It's thought that Evil Dead really wouldn't have gotten the recognition that it ended up getting. So you'll see our voices oh, he, from the other side here.
1: I think uh, Sam Raimi originally wanted to call the film The Book of the Dead, but somebody else decided that uh, that the, they would change the the title of the movie to the Evil Dead instead because he feared that teenagers would uh, would be turned off to the uh, reference of literary devices <laughs> which which I completely agree man who wants to read a book who wants to watch a movie about reading a book? Come I don't on, even how boring... <laughs> i don't How even know that it's the it.
0: fact that there's the word book in the title it's like evil dead is such a like such a uh uh almost offensive title i don't mean offensive in the terms of like it hurts your feelings but it just hits you it's like what is evil yeah, but, dead <laughs> you know like why well, was just malicious well,
1: it's i i could kind of see that point but that again that's also the point oh, that's what i mean something no i it's good
0: yeah it's great yeah it, it's yeah, a killer title yeah It's the point. It's shocking. Like, what makes something evil and dead? It's very ominous. And that kind of gets into another point I want to have now that we've kind of just talked about how much fun the movie can be, which is there's a weird subtext of this whole film of stuff that really kind of feels evil. Like, it doesn't feel like um, demons and ghosts and ghouls doing creepy things, but there's a very convenient way to kill them. Like, there is all those elements in this B-movie, but there's also a deeper uneasiness to the film that's partly brought we, on by the fact of like the camera whipping through the forest and stalking them but it's also are, brought on what
1: are, are, are we getting to yeah that, um, we are shocking oh God yes oh God
0: yeah man it, it's we Everybody... just covered alien <laughs> there's a very similar scene in alien where the alien's tail kind of moves up a leg but it's not quite so obvious clearly inspired by hr Geeger, right this is like what if we took out all the artful subtlety of alien and just show you exactly what's happening right so there artful are moments ev- ev- <laughs> go ahead go ahead get it out you need to i know
1: everybody who's listening right now elbows and assholes get, get prepared for what we're about to cover <laughs> uh, and yes i just made an aliens reference <laughs> um
0: thank you You're welcome. How do you you elevate fear beyond just a thing pops out at you and yells, right? Alien did something really smart way before the horror franchise was even exhausted like it is today. Way back then they were innovating, which was a sense of deep unease, which they got at through H.R. Giger's terrifying lead, psychosexual, mech, human hybrid artwork. It's really creepy to look at. Everything is just, it's very unnerving. The movie implemented these in a really brilliant, creepy way that just made you feel uncomfortable and violated. This movie does, like, the same thing. And it does it pretty well when one of the girls goes running away, the first one who gets possessed, the girl who ultimately is in the hatch, right? And, um, well, I mean, Nick, I'd rather you walk us through this. I feel like you'll give us a lively lively summary of of the goings-on of the woods.
1: Oh god! So, I was actually talking with somebody uh, about well, we were talking about horror movies, and I was giving her suggestions and stuff. And I asked her, "Hey, have you have you seen the Evil Dead uh, movies?" And she's like, "Yeah, the tree rape scene, like, set off my fight or flight, uh, yeah. um, defense mechanism." I'm mm-hmm. like, "You know what?" I completely agree with you on that statement because this movie that that this scene made me feel super uncomfortable and Sam yeah. Raimi even goes to say in in the future he goes to say I regret filming this scene but what's said what's said and done is already like you can't go back but at the same time yes it is a horrifying awful objectifying rapey rapey mcrape rape scene that uh (laughs) i never thought i would see in film right but uh here we are and honestly i wouldn't have it any other way i know i know that's probably pretty shocking to hear me say because I agree with you. Rape is horrible. Horrible. I didn't say that, but yeah,
0: it kind of goes without saying. (laughs) I'm glad you agree.
1: (laughs) No, we should rape more. No. No, dear God. (laughs) Um, Move on. (laughs) The podcast is canceled. (laughs) Um, No. uh, What I was going to say is... Evil has no moral there's no moral line hmm. it crosses every single line imaginable there's no yeah i i murder people sometimes and eh, i eat taco bell every once in a while but i i draw i draw the line at rape no if we're, if we're talking about pure evil like think about jeffrey dahmer jeffrey dahmer did some fucked up horrible things ted bundy like, if we're talking about serial killer uh, type shit, they had no moral ambiguity whatsoever. There was no, like... They, they didn't have a daily dose of moral fiber uh, from right. the Quaker Oats guy. It was... It's just straight up, pure, unbridled evil. Uh, and that's what we kind of get in this movie. Right. And it... Like no there's there's like no uh line that's not to be crossed. It they just go over it regardless. And yeah, we see and it... we it, it's a pretty long fucking scene. Um to be honest. And I can't yeah. just go ahead, Brian. I, I at this point <laughs> I'm kind of I'm I'm reliving the scene as we speak, and <laughs> I'm just dumbfounded.
0: You you're really hitting on kind of what I was talking about earlier, which is the sense of evil in the film doesn't feel like cheap Hollywood evil. It doesn't feel like the Conjuring movies, like oh no, that's that's evil and demony, and we need to fight the evil demony thing that looks very evil and demony with this holy stuff that looks really holy, and then it goes away, and the dark goes away, and the light comes. It's like oh, I don't care about any of this. This really feels like assaulting, offensive, horrific, senseless crime. Like, there is something in, like, our cultural minds and, like, just, like, I don't— I, that I, I think horrible people and horrible crimes have just made us uneasy about certain things and just, like, uh, like something about seeing a disheveled woman running through the woods screaming and then being assaulted— brings to mind a lot of real things that have happened just like that. And in the 80s, that was well-known. And it's like, it's a, a very conscious choice to invoke very obvious crimes. And then they don't even use that subtlety of, and what happens to her. They pretty much show you what happens to her. And it's such a brutal decision. And I'm not really moralizing if it should have been in the film or not, but one thing that does for the film is really give it this sense of, lawlessness that you're talking about and like you're right there are there are, there are boundaries but the film doesn't care about them and evil stuff is going to happen because this is a force of nature and i think that's what i've been looking for i feel like the evil in this movie isn't an entity it's literally a force of nature right the girl comes back inside and says it was the woods like someone was saying like who did this to you he's like no no, no. the forest did like literally everything around us did this to me and even that whooshing camera Like, that feels like a force of nature, like just wind of evil blowing in. And I love that. That's intense. And in all of the rest of the scenes where these people are being possessed and laughing and just menacingly sitting in the cabin without attacking people outright and then reverting back to their original form and winning over Campbell's heart again and then reverting back to just destroy him psychologically, that's pure evil. (laughs)
1: You know, I, can, I can't I can imagine how many vaginal splinters this woman must have after that scene.
0: I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I'm well, sure
1: Nick, there's, there's really nothing to a say lot. to that.
0: I guess a lot. Do we want to keep doing this? I yes. bet she had a lot of them after that happened. I'm sure it hurt and was horrible. And then when she had to run back to the cabin, I bet that was also horrible should we keep doing this is, is this good entertainment imagine I,
1: imagine if she had to run track after that
0: yeah that wouldn't be great uh,
1: that, no that, w- no, that, w- <laughs> that would that wouldn't be great um uh okay uh so mo- moving on um yeah this movie oozes atmosphere and dread and movie schlock
0: oh yeah
1: and it's none the better for it because it's honestly it's like it's so good it's so good (laughs) it's so good um i feel like i'm i'm broken right now it's so good uh i mean i don't i don't know i finding finding a plot convenient exposition uh with recorded tapes is so video video Mm game-esque i wonder i wonder what movie was the first to ever do it because whoever made that movie is the reason for many many a film many a video game uh to have oh this trope of oh let's Let's delve deeper into what happened in this area. Not through cutscene, but through exposition. Yeah. <laughs> the plot device. Uh, uh, I'm on a spaceship. Uh, they probed me many a times. And I, I can't tell you how horrible the experience is. I found a door, but I need a key code to get to it. Oh, I found the key code. It's 65765. It's pretty...
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Uh... almost, like, probably one of the (laughs) most dramatic and serious high-profile video games I've played in my life. Brilliant experience, Last of Us 2. I had to very quickly... uh, I had to do a lot of, I guess, plot whiplash when this incredible immersive story of revenge and violence snipped into huh i wonder where the key code is and there's just a giant wall whiteboard with six seven five three and then in case nobody caught it a note in a filing cabinet that said huh i'm in a rush quickly i'm writing the key code on the whiteboard and say like, oh my god wait, who wrote these notes what game did they think this would fit into yeah not great so, uh i i feel like uh, there are a lot of those moments in evil dead
1: <laughs> yeah there, there are a lot of those moments and Again, Resident Evil does that, but <laughs> I love Resident Evil so much that I give it a pass. It's, it's, it's worth it, Yeah, in my I, opinion.
0: I cannot, for the life of me, give Last of Us 2 a pass for that insane, intrusive, horrible idea. However, um, in Evil Dead, I don't care, because it's such a B-movie, and it has so much fun with itself that I was never annoyed by it. It was always a joy like from start to finish it was an absolute joy and when i finished watching it i really felt like i could flip it back to the beginning and go through it again and that's really rare was... for me to enjoy a film it's like oh that was great and i didn't need spoilers or the plot doesn't like oh well now that i know the, the story there's no reason to watch it i was like no that was just i felt like i was watching people perform almost like with the energy of like a play like it's almost like listening to a band and then listen to them live it's like oh the mm-hmm. energy is so different when there's this much passion into a movie, it feels like you're listening to, like, a live performance of these guys putting on a stage play of Evil Dead. It's such an exciting, invigorating, energetic thing where they're just all having fun with it. And I like that, man. It's, like, choppy editing and choppy practical effects. And it's really cool.
1: So prepping for this movie, I watched this film three fucking times. Oh, wow. (laughs) Three three times because this movie is so it's just, it's so good um, and uh, i don't know i i had i had fun with it not one point in time where i was going back to rewatch the film was i like uh, i don't want to do this <laughs> i've already seen the film i don't want to sit through another hour no i i enjoyed it and Honestly, I think, I think a lot a lot of people enjoyed the movie too. It's it's a cult classic. It's it, it deserves that title. Hmm. It's a B movie, but it's a cult classic, and it deserves the crown. <laughs> <laughs> Hail to the king, baby! Oh, that's the wrong movie. It's it's uh, okay. <laughs> so, um. I think i think that's it for the guts of the film
0: uh i have one more quick mention which is thank god for the third act of this movie the movie kind of kept ramping up and ramping up and ramping up and when we started getting into like they clearly got to the limit of exploring practical effects and they moved into like stop motion and it was such a like I love that this is a B movie that doesn't care how obvious it was that we were cutting from normal practical effects to stop motion claymation stuff because it was so abrasive and abrupt. But they're just like, no, 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 let's do it. It's really cool. And we just watched stop motion and tongues wiggling around in the book and I thought that was so charming. It was such a wonderful creative decision to just entirely break the tone of the movie and add in this, this really nasty stuff. And I just it made me love the movie. 30 times more that somebody did that i love
1: i thank you for mentioning that because i completely forgot that is actually my favorite segment (laughs) segment segment of um of the movie where we we go to like stop motion like claymation uh art style yeah and There's just so much shit going on. There's oatmeal (laughs) coming out of armholes and milk spewing everywhere and all sorts of gross, sticky things. Uh, And then when
0: when you think it can't keep getting crazier, just arms pop through everybody. (laughs) Like, just sort of, like, I don't know, uh, maybe a bunch of hands explode through everybody and start wrangling around. Like, okay, sure. So
1: do you know the original ending
0: no no i don't
1: so you you remember the the necklace that ash gave to his girlfriend the yeah. stupid fucking magnifying glass necklace <laughs> so that was a huge plot the de, uh, plot device um, towards the end of the film where sunlight would be peering through the window i already don't like this and he would use the magnifying glass to use the sunlight Uh to beam off onto the book of the dead setting it on fire yikes and the love the symbol the symbolism of his love for his girlfriend (laughs) defeat the evil dead so
0: yeah technically you telling me this story makes me hate it but if that were in the movie it would probably fit right in to all of the other cheesy moments and just be like yeah no that makes sense <laughs> that's a solid decision I'm,
1: glad. I'm so glad they still use the necklace but in a different manner and yeah. I think that works a lot better um <laughs> i probably wouldn't i probably wouldn't have enjoyed the movie as much as i uh as much as i do now if that scene was in that movie i'd be like that's so stupid how why yeah <laughs> I get So that. i'm glad for the change uh the claymation is amazing so grotesque so violent so brutal um it's it's death metal music video worthy yeah <laughs> uh so i guess we've we've covered all of our points within the guts of the film uh <clears throat> <laughs> and um, I'm keeping that burp in, by the Please way. Please do, sure. Um, so, shall we?
0: I guess we're shall trying we? to begin a transition to the eulogy for Evil Dead. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Be God with this young man's soul. May rest in peace.
1: Today we are gathered here. For the 1981 film titled The Evil Dead. Oh, how shitty but amazing <laughs> you were. When I say shitty, I mean that in in a good... In a, in a really good way. <laughs> your, your special effects may have been noticeable, but that was the charm of you. You were flawed, but that is a special lesson for all of us because nobody (laughs) is flawless like diamonds even diamonds have flaws okay and I will give this movie oatmeal and a book of the dead
0: hmm I think that's fair I will bury the evil dead with I feel like the Book of the Dead was the, the the easy grab. I was gonna take that one, but you got me first. Let's see, a chainsaw, and a thankfully unused snippet of the alternative ending to Evil Dead, in which he uses the necklace to to shine the book until it burns into nothing. I will That probably also, deserves to not be seen. Oh. I, I see. will
1: also I will also bury this film. With a convenient plot device yes. summoning the evil dead. Ah. And, um, one more thing, uh, a carton of milk. Because for whatever fucking reason in horror movies, they like to use milk. Fucking aliens, alien, uh. and now evil dead. Yeah. Everything is milk. Milk. At this point, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if like every single horror movie had milk in it. Like, for some god awful reason, I overlooked Friday the Thirteenth, and oh, sure enough, somebody spewing milk. Milk. What is wrong with me? Somebody spe- spewing milk. Why do I say milk? I don't. <laughs> I will milk. also add
0: to to the burial <laughs> a novelty mug with Nick's head saying "mute" on it
1: muke not mute mute oh no Mewke. all right another novelty mug Mewke. of me
0: mispronouncing like, it too
1: <laughs> a mispronounce of the mispronounce yeah it's about the best um, it's do. it's like it's like uh, meek but m-e-w-k muke Mewke. mucus oh all Mewke.
0: right That's a good way of putting it
1: shit uh, it's are a short it's, abri- it, it's an it's abri- it's an abbreviation of mucus all right. uh, I got I, I gotta blow my nose I got I got a slight case of the muke this is incredibly um, in unpleasant. My sinuses
0: okay <laughs> so I'm
1: keeping all of this I'm keeping all of this in here buddy you have this to. is gonna be an amazing episode will um, we
0: bury the evil dead or do we need to come up with something a bit more creative? Should we burn it? should we uh blow it up into a million pieces and then chop it up into a bunch of pieces and then wait a minute you've got it what is it
1: wait a minute okay we okay we're burying it right
0: yeah and then
1: oh (laughs) oh no oh no it's Ah, come back it's dug itself out cue
0: sound effects
1: and, um... What's the oh, dagger called? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, God! It's got a hold of me, Brian! Oh, it's got no. a hold of me! Hold me, on, it. I
0: have to stare Quick, at it for the... two minutes straight and yell. And then I'll help you. So hold in there. Ah! ah! I'm still staring. <laughs> Alright, my facial expression's kind of moving.
1: Throw it in the fireplace! Okay. Jesus Christ!
0: Quickly, now, the the camera is showing my hand. Uh, oh, no, I'm still staring. I'm not ready yet. Uh, okay, what there the it is. What the fuck is taking... I, I threw it in the fireplace. <laughs> we did it um
1: oh oh god is it the end i think it's
0: the end but hold on really quickly i need you to walk over to the fireplace and pick up that family portrait that you love so much cherish it hold it to your heart before the credits roll uh oh oh wait no it's still there it's coming out of the fireplace oh god oh i need to stare at it for a few more minutes um you know what okay no i think we're done it's dead (laughs) is it probably not Unless wait a minute.
1: It's spewing, it's spewing milk muke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh,
0: this um, segment is mutes. going to drive me insane. <laughs> we need to move on. <laughs> okay. I'm losing my mind. S- uh, okay segment. Segment. I I guess we have oh god, how am I to do this transition? You know I guess we have every time please take it.
1: Every time we we we, we come up with this is just like an additional uh, every time we come up with like a new catchphrase, it's just like in addition to like when we have merch. Oh,
0: so yeah. <laughs>
1: segment can be a fucking t-shirt or something. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody who's listening to this, make this shit happen. We someone love
0: you. make us a wiki that will make me very happy if we have someone that segment. dedicated <laughs> to begin. Oh, okay. okay, so it looks like so, we have buried and burned and killed Evil Dead. What's next? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, we are, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting something. Uh, what could it possibly be? Brilliant. Oh no. It's the voices from the other side.
0: Well, sometimes, sometimes that is, is
1: better. I'm getting
0: something. <laughs> we just did this. <laughs> You're using We're the doing same bit again. twice? Okay. Bear with us.
1: <laughs> oh god it's a penis no get away from me ah
0: wow. damn it ah, ah. the comedic nuance camera. of nick
1: <laughs> camera
0: imdb Fucking...
1: of course there would be a dick pic on my on my camera no um that was a joke please i'm serious that was a joke everybody no guys come on no i'm serious okay <laughs> <coughs> So, this one was from C Ziggy. One two four, or is that a T? Not to see. Okay, I was right. And it's titled "Evil Sick Joke." The Ooh. that's that's just <laughs> that's just the title. There's no addition to the. Uh, published in the 29th of June two thousand and four. I was just a little kid back then. Um, Okay. Don't read the following review without seeing the movie first. Too late, old man. The Evil Dead on RottenTomatoes.com was raved as a wonderful movie. (coughs) After after renting this crap, all I could say is, if it was supposed to be a horror, it sucked. If it was supposed to be a comedy, it sucked. The movie is incredibly (laughs) lame. Comedy or horror, I may have laughed, but even if the attempts were to make it more of a comedy, I thought, well, then that it was dumb to try to also make it a horror.
0: It's writing is just blowing my mind.
1: (laughs) Just pick a genre. Also, even if uh, even if it was intended for laughs, the movie is incredibly disgusting. A tree rapes a girl. (laughs) <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. That's gross! I have to yell that because it's of in all caps. Uh, the special effects and visuals and makeup are imaginable. Quotation marks. Um, like some may claim, they're just cheap and gross. This movie was a waste of time. Grade F. Well, Mr. C. Ziggy124, I have to tell you something. I feel like. You missed the point of the film. I feel like you didn't know how much money went into this film, because that is the reason why it was so low budget. It was so, the the special effects weren't what you normally are accustomed to <clears throat> in Hollywood films. Right. It's not I, like the thing or or anything like that. Right. But the tree rape scene, I can understand how that can make you upset. Granted. It's still an amazing and effective scene. Um, yes, gross. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you on that. But I think a lot of people kind of get the the comedic effect of our army of darkness. They, they get it confused with the original Evil Dead, and they're like, oh, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a horror comedy, but that's not the case.
0: Right. It's, I feel
1: it's, like it's a horror movie.
0: I think this is a movie that you can't just jump into off of rave internet reviews. I think you kind of need to prepare for what you're about to see, because the original Evil Dead movie, they don't really have, like, you're right, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, they do kind of have, like, a, a feeling to them. This film was a B-movie with a lot of just vitality and talent and interest and passion behind it, and so much, like, charm. It was electric, right? And I feel like the good reviews aren't because people said it was a flawless film. Part of the charm of it is that it's kind of a ham-fisted movie, and it never ends just constantly to uh, entertain you and to just be vicious and fun and violent and horrible. It's just kind of like if if you made something, um, I don't know, I I feel like this was like the raw, unedited, perfect horror movie in someone's head, and they executed it with what they had around them. And it somehow worked while simultaneously not working. And that's a nuance that built like this big cult following. And I kind of wonder if we are at a, a moment now where people are used to being like, Oh, go watch Alien. You can't watch that and not be like, Oh, alright, that's a good movie. That's pretty well made right? Now it's like someone says, Oh man, you've gotta catch Evil Dead And they're like, This came out after Alien? Like the thing? Evil Dead? It's like you have to get it. It's got like its own character, you know? You have to preface it. It's like, it's the best bad movie you'll ever watch And then I think people are in the mind space to to really get it. Okay. Alright. Go on.
1: Before before you continue, I have to pee okay. so bad. <laughs> like it. the whole time you were talking, I was like, yeah. So you weren't just really <laughs> getting into my <laughs>
0: point? Alright. Yes and no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. Alright, I'd you get a snack. Okay, now we're back. So I mentioned this earlier. This is from an IMDB user in the eighties. His name is Stephen King. And wait, this is an IMDb, Nick. This is the Twilight Zone magazine. Did you like that preface that I did there? Okay, so Stephen King, I don't want to hear your response to what I just did. <laughs> Stephen King kind of like apparently vouched for this movie. Oh, he's going to have a heart attack over there. <laughs> we just got to power through it. (laughs) Apparently Stephen King is like a major figure in this film. He made it happen. He made it like a legendary movie. (laughs) Gee, I can't do this if you're laughing so hard. I'm trying so
1: hard to keep my composure. (laughs) Here's
0: a snippet from the internet. Stephen King became one of the largest supporters during the early efforts to find a distributor for Evil Dead eventually describing it as the most ferociously original film of the year, a quote used in the film's promotional pieces. Stephen King cited The Evil Dead as one of his favorite horror films of all time. Actually, one of his favorite films of all time. Wow. Crazy. Part of his review, I tracked it down on, like, a scanning photo shot, a photo logging thing called archive.com or .org, Mm -hmm. whatever, and I found, like, a photo scan of the magazine uh, and the, the first paragraph I like. Stephen King writes, When I met Sam Raimi at the Keynes Film Festival in May of 1982, my first thought was that this fellow was one of three things. A busboy, a runaway American high school student, or a genius. He wasn't a busboy, and Raimi finished high school some time ago, although he has a sort of ageless sophomore look. Oh my god, I'm reading this out of like a stretched PDF file. Excuse me. Although he has sort of ageless sophomore looks that are going to keep a bartender asking to see his driver's license or state liquor card until he's at least 35. Some good writerly Stephen King humor. That he is a genius is yet unproven. That he has made a ferociously original horror film seems to me beyond doubt. The only problem is that you may never see it. Farnsworth Wright, the legendary editor of Weird Tales in the 1930s, admitted with some reluctance that he had rejected one story, one single story, on the grounds that it might well be too gruesome for current taste. The tale by William Hope Hodgson uh, had to do with a maniac who was killing people and turning them into soup. Ba uh, blah bah bah, 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 Stephen King doesn't like that. That story almost didn't come to the case. He likened it to Evil Dead. I love this. He likens it to Evil Dead and says, this is a movie you might not see. I'm not going to be an editor who's going to keep this gruesome, ugly masterpiece from you. So I'm going to vouch for it. This king of horror, even back in the 80s, this guy was, you know, really well known. And he did. And he's part of the reason that Evil Dead 2 got made by just promoting it in his horror circles for his horror fans. And this like, this is kind of like Stephen King still, I guess he's still around. And of equal legendary status. It's still like Stephen King today, finding a YouTube short film and thinking it's so great that these a bunch of twenty somethings threw this together that he promotes it on like every outlet he can find. That's like that that's incredible, man. So he watched this movie and he got it. Cheesy Stephen King liked the Stevie the <laughs> the Stevie movie. The cheesy Evil Dead movie. <laughs> And he made it happen. Anyway, normally we read negative reviews, but I'm glad that this guy watched this movie around the time it was made and said, you are on to something. Wow. The That's great. <laughs> the Stevie
1: <laughs> Kang, great value version of Stephen King. There we Stevie go. Stevie Kang, everybody. <laughs> He's the Asian Stephen King. Um, Okay, so... <laughs> Hmm, my next one. Alright, so my next one is from Phantasm01, another pretty good B-horror film. Um, Evil. Uh, it's titled Evil Dead, Revisionist Hype, and the Abuse of Superlatives. This is without... Any doubt, one of the worst films ever made. I'm not a film snob or punk trying to antagonize the deluded legion of dupes who idolize this piece of garbage. I'm just trying to provide balance to the roars of approval for this not at all good film. Quotation marks. Seriously, people, have you even watched this stupid thing? It is awful! (laughs) And... Not even in an Ed Wood meets Evil... Ed Wood meets Dead Alive meets Tongue-in-Cheek way. There is, and I want this to be crystal clear, nothing nothing good about this movie. (laughs) Nothing. Zero. Zelch. Save your stars. Seriously, 10 stars for this crap? Are you insane? For a movie that delivers anything... Can we please regulate uh not regulate, relegate (laughs) Sam Raimi and this train wreck quotation marks to the pile of hyped up hacks and cult faves quotation marks where they belong. Wow.
0: I was mesmerized by your character for this guy kind of like morphed into something entirely different by the end. I liked that. That was engaging. The post, I didn't like that much. Um, I kind of, I get the idea of like, yeah, there's like excessive hype over this. I think that's fair. I I think it's fine to, to get a movie that everyone says is legendary and then to watch it and not feel like it's as classic as they said. Frankly, when I was watching Aliens, I was kind of like, it's a solid movie. It's a great sequel, but I don't know that it's remotely close. Go ahead. All right. Uh, frankly, even with Aliens, this is a movie that's been really hyped up. People are like, yeah, this is, a, this is a classic. And watching it after watching Alien is like, it's a great movie. It's a great sequel. There's a lot to love about it. But I didn't feel like it lived up to some of the hype that people were giving it, especially that it's better than Alien hype, right? So I get that feeling. I can, I can, identi- I, I can understand what he's saying. But at the same time, I guess you can't misconstrue people calling this a horror masterpiece with calling it a very tasteful, well-executed movie. <laughs> There's a big difference. When people talk about even like metal, punk, even jazz, purposely discordant sounds, like they're good because they break rules, right? And it's like calling that a master John Coltrane, I mean calling John Coltrane's like like um Love Supreme a Masterpiece or Minor Threats First Seven Inches album of Masterpiece isn't saying that it fits current musical standards and exceeds them. It's saying it's brilliant and it's just pure primal energy and it's something great. That's what this movie is. It's not, it's not perfection, but its imperfections are really like part of what makes it so fun. And I guess without getting it prefaced that way, you might go into this movie thinking, oh my God, this is old and horrible and cheesy. It's like, yeah, it's kind of the point. So, you know, it's always to each his own. But I do think it's interesting that as somebody who gets really bored with slasher movies and really doesn't have much patience for cheesy movies, this is one of my favorite movies. And it has been for a long time because I really think it builds a bizarre, evil, funny, crazy atmosphere that I just have literally never experienced in another movie. So I think there's something there, you just have to know what to look for. Don't expect it to be the thing, because it isn't trying to be, it's something different. And I think with that classification, people can go and try to see what other people enjoy so much about the film. Um, let's see, do you have anything to say to that or should I move on to my my last review here?
1: No, Let's let's keep on trucking, buddy.
0: All right. Livewire STCMN23 This one's recent In October 2017 Says Pure garbage Just cult status nonsense Remake is 100 times better That's the kicker here That's interesting Um, Yikes This is a B-movie comedy horror movie at best Weird writing there Absolutely nothing scary Bad acting mixed with horrible story I get how it's a cult classic. Most cult films are terrible, and that this was. How this has such a high rating for a ho- supposed horror film, I don't know. Again, must be because of cult status. Almost unwatchable. Reminds me of Critters or some other cheap B-horror movie. This is a film that basically mocks horror. It's a bizarre interpretation. With the exception of the, of decent special effects for a low-budget film in the 80s. Good. This is pure garbage and should be remembered as such. The remake of this film deserves a better original. That's a weird wording again. That was actually a true horror film. Basically, his argument here is this movie isn't that good. It had some good practical effects, but come on, it's garbage. Let's be real. The only reason people like this is because cult status sheepishness. The remake, however, is actually good. I remember the remake exciting, being exciting and surprisingly competent. Um, I'll need to rewatch it to know if, how much I liked it now. It's been a while. But he's really saying that the remake is superior to this which is really a fascinating remark so nick take it away
1: (laughs) foreshadowing (laughs) i i don't know i i can't i think that he should go dunk his head in radioactive waste um hmm and he's wrong
0: I can always count on you for subtle and measured critiques thank you I think you're right I think we should be th- approach him with this humble attitude that you're taking here so to each his I... own right maybe
1: <laughs> so I um, I say he's wrong because when I first watched <laughs> this when I first watched the uh, the very first Evil Dead movie, I went into this film at a very young age not knowing anything about it. Hmm. Not knowing that it was a cult classic. Nothing. And my expectations were blown away. Yeah. When, when I say expectations, I mean I had none um, because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I ended up falling in love with... Was something that is renowned as a cult classic unbeknownst to my little pea brain <laughs> um, and I was surprised at how many people really enjoyed this film so regardless of whether you believe that oh you're only liking it because it's a cult classic that, that statement holds no value to me whatsoever right. I look at I look at movies, and regardless if it obtains a high renown status, people love the Conjuring films. I fucking hate the Conjuring franchise. I hate it. I, I hate I, Annabelle.
0: Yeah, well, I, I will say no horror film critics actually think Conjuring Annabelle are like competent movies, n- to my understanding.
1: You, <laughs> you know what? I go through horror movie forums on Facebook and stuff like that and like the like I see people post these these films and they're like, "Oh, the Conjuring is like the best." And like, "Do you agree?" And a bunch of, I read the comments like, "Oh my god, I love the Conjuring. I love Annabelle. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And it's just white girls <laughs> basic white bitches." Okay, I'm sorry. Uh,
0: (laughs) I read our demographic stats on Spotify. We are talking to a target audience. Move on.
1: (laughs) I'm cutting that out. So, I, I just I see all these people talk talk about how the Conjuring franchise is renowned as like one of the best horror films ever, and I've watched the first two Conjuring films and. I was not impressed jump scare after jump scare how low how low do you have to go to be like oh this is actually scary there's no like build up to to tension there's no slow burn and i'm not saying that you have to have slow burn but i feel like you're, you're putting cliches within cliches and it's just it's it's an obvious copy and paste formula that you need to get out of
0: Right. Now, I will say, and I I almost want to do an episode on this, near the beginning of that new, like, defining this, like, new version of horror before it got, like, The Conjuring Universe and all this, there was some pretty inventive horror elements that we got out of, like, a movie like Insidious or even Sinister, which had mass appeal but also had some pretty frankly, sophisticated horror stuff packaged into them. I wouldn't mind doing a really honest, brutally honest review of some of those movies because even while there is some bargain bin stuff in them, some of them were really, like, before they became mainstream horror cliches, kind of innovative new ways to look at the genre. I think that'd be a cool I episode eventually.
1: I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the first Sinister movie. Yeah. I avoided I avoided it for so long uh-huh. thinking it was going to be garbage and then you suggested it to me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to watch the first movie. It's on Netflix. Why not? Sat down, turned off the lights. And there were so many scenes in that film where I was like, oh, Yeah. Right, we'll save that for another episode. Of course. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I got one more okay. voice talking to me from the land of the undead. <laughs> um and this one is from Rammstein 2. Clearly Ooh. this person has good taste in music. <laughs> and he titled this one no. Oh. First off, let me say that this type of movie doesn't really tickle me. I didn't know movies can tickle you and if they do, then it's a bizarre you statement. Need to <laughs> You need to post a restraining order fast. Um, Toy Story tickled me in the wrong place. Uh, no, it is okay. possible, though, that th- through wit and cleverness... Th- uh, fuck. Through... Okay, it is possible through that, though, wit and cleverness... Wit and cleverness <laughs> win me over. This one failed miserably. I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Not only did it fall, uh, god damn it, not only did it fail to provide me with with an, with an answer, Evil Dead made me just laugh outright at its awfulness. For being ultra low budget, it was well made. But apart from the gross out effects, this movie could have been made by a monkey.
0: Hmm.
1: well sir you may have delicious taste in music <laughs> but you should stick to music
0: uh... I get where he's coming from I don't agree with him but I, I get this idea of like like kind of relegating everything in the movie except for practical effects to the waste bin I kind of understand why people could see that way um, but again, like kind of what I, I guess I've been echoing here, because a lot of these reviews sound the same, um, is there is a very unique character to this movie that is that is the sum more than the sum of the bad parts that make it up, cheesiness and, and, and mm-hmm. plot devices and all this. It's this fun, crazy, wacky, distorted story that builds itself into something really great and. If you aren't the type of person inclined to like that stuff, then this will probably be an exercise of just, I don't know, forbearance and patience and maybe even irritation until you get to the progressively intense practical effects, which might be the only good thing that you'll get out of it. I can see how somebody right. could walk away with that. I, I, and I don't mean this in a condescending way, feel bad for people who live that way because there's something really beautiful about this movie. Like there's a, there's a weird beauty that you get when you just throw discordant pieces together and you end up making a film that really stuns a lot of people and excites the master of horror himself, even if I don't like him that much. That's cool. There's something there. There is something there. I mm. if, if you can't enjoy The Evil Dead, that's okay. But I guess I encourage you to watch it and try, if, if, that, if that is fair, because there is something to it, and it's really cool, and I haven't seen it before, and I haven't seen it since. And if you love horror that's something i think you can cherish that's my call to arms give it a really fair shot because i really think there's something there i'm getting little hand claps from nick thank you (laughs) cue applause
1: although we are not although we are not recording uh film for this this could be mistaken for something so wrong
0: so my speech may have meant a lot to you (laughs) okay got it
1: yeah Okay, so I guess we're
0: done. I guess we're done. We don't have a segment to transition um, to, so we're just gonna say, um, "Okay, that that is the end of our episode on the Evil Dead. We didn't do our little uh, thing where we say Evil Dead is buried. We are laying it to rest, and will never be."
1: Uh, evil Dead is burned. We there. We, are no oh yes, it is. It, it to rest.
0: It is. <laughs> it is burned. Yeah. Burn, in yes. hell. <laughs> um,
1: and, but it's gone. Uh,
0: we won't be talking about it again. But we will be talking yeah. about its sequels, I guess. I'd like to. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Well,
1: well, Brian, it was a good thing that we stopped the evil dead. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that whole summoning the dead thing. I mean, I was trying to get sponsors and everything, but I, I, I guess I... I There, there is no shortcuts.
0: Nope. Are we alive? I forgot how the skit goes. (laughs) We haven't recorded it yet. I guess we're still.
1: (laughs) It was ambiguous. We're still alive. Oh okay.
0: Ambiguous ending. Okay. Yes. Uh. Then find out what happened to us on the next episode. I don't know what to say.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um. Stay tuned. For the next episode,
0: where we will cover,
1: <laughs> where Evil Dead <laughs> two. <laughs> um,
0: wow, that movie wonderful. Or ooh, I can't yikes! That's it. not great.
1: <laughs> I can't believe it's not butter. Uh, don't eat the movie. It's not butter. I told you it's not butter.
0: Man, we are rose <laughs> this is
1: so good we're gonna get so much puss i mean money um so if you're if you're still here <laughs> if
0: you are still around wow <laughs> talk about an exercise in forbearance thank you um talk, please support talk... <laughs> us and help us continue doing this whatever it is talk about
1: willpower man you really <laughs> pushed through this um so we are on facebook twitter Mm -hmm. instagram Mm -hmm. and they are all underneath at black lagoon network all one word uh i also have a twitch account for the black lagoon network you can find me there playing all sorts of spooky video games uh while i commentate so if you're into video games and uh you want to chat i'm always down to boogie baby so that's the that's that's all i gotta say about that
0: loving Uh, the one-liners man i didn't know that you had that side to you great love it (laughs) channeling bruce uh, campbell (laughs) Yep. uh and patreon you can support us by giving us money thanks at patreon.com slash bln please we need help I,
1: pro- I promise I won't spend it all on hookers and blow
0: I won't let him I don't think he has access to our financial part of the account maybe you do in that I case. won't
1: build the death star <laughs> I won't pay a necromancer to teach me the ways of summoning the dead although okay. I did figure out how to work the necronomicon <laughs>
0: through vigorous yeah. <laughs> crash
1: course testing of uh <laughs> a crash course test of a sumerian yeah nick <laughs> did
0: a, a crash course on ancient sumerian phonetics so it's great he nailed it <laughs> all right uh, uh and give us no give give us uh reviews more than anything if you can review us on itunes or apple podcast or whatever that's great because it puts us in front of people so thank you uh and stay tuned for the next episode.
1: Remember, people, elbows and assholes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Terrorize the world.
1: You're
0: to the podcast. the world.